to Ketcast episode two, where I, Emma Osborne, am meeting with Brett Thompson of mm, Zanzi Meats. Um, such a brilliant name. I mean, I mm, at the beginning of a food product. I mean, what a genius idea that was. He actually gives me a little tutorial in this episode on how to say their name, which is much needed because I was getting it wrong. Brett and I are fellow vegan and animal advocates, so naturally we couldn't resist touching on the ethics of eating meat and the impact that startups like his will have on animal agriculture as we know it today. Brett is someone who's been in the food space for a while. He's worked for Fry's Family Foods prior to this and has a um, really interesting career, which he talks about in the episode. We discuss why he's chosen now to focus on creating cell-based meat specifically for the barbecue and the meaning behind Mzanzi. And it's such really nice to say, just try it saying it, Mzanzi. It's very cool. And also, you know, how to market such products to customers who might be um, a little reticent about trying cell-based products. It's a really interesting episode. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I certainly did. Let's check it out. So tell me, Brett, what, what is Mzanzi meat? Well, yeah, Mzanzi Meat is uh, Africa's first cultivated meat company. Um, so, and we were uh, very young, established this year, beginning of the year, uh, based based out of. Uh, well, you know, let's say let's say officially officially um, on the paper uh, March, but uh, obviously it was before that. And then, um, you know, it was a great idea to start a company. Uh, just before worldwide pandemic, I think you know, we're of, I think there's a growing bunch of people that have done it like that. Said like it starts something before what we know as the new the new world. But um, so so yeah, it's Africa's uh, first cultivated meat company. Um, we are we are still very much in our development phase, very very new to the scene, um, but being blown away by the support and the interest and the excitement that we've received from whether it's press in South Africa, um, stakeholders here, um, and then investors abroad, and, and then also just general people, like they're just excited about um, uh, the work that we're doing. We want to be first to market with um, a cultivated uh, uh, beef uh, style, I guess. No, no, beef, a beef burger um, would be what our, our first, um, our first focus is. Um, but, you know, obviously we have ambitions for other things, but that is our, our first and foremost uh, objective um, in Africa um, and South Africa would be our first market before we started uh, looking elsewhere. Yeah. How exciting. I mean, that mm. sounds great. So you're going to go for, um, you know, to, to, to mock, I suppose, a typical beef burger. Mm. Um, mm. So have the, any of the sort of beyond meats or impossible foods made their, their burgers widespread yet in Africa? Mm. Yeah, that's good. So um, I've I've been lucky enough to be involved in a company um, prior to this uh, called Fry the Fry or Fry's Family Foods. Um, yes. 
Yeah. So, um, so they've, you know, they've been sort of the, the stalwarts or whatever it is within the space since 1991. That's like how long the company's been going. Um, so they are readily available throughout South Africa. Um, right, right. I said this cause I'm still, um, I, you opened up my freezer and a lot of green boxes. <laughs> big fan. Um, big fan. Yeah. Big fan. Uh, you know, with even whenever I'm, even though I'm no longer working for them, I still, you know, I, yeah, I kind of ask, I always speak to them and ask for, give me freebies, tell me what's going on. I'm excited about it um, not to say that they give it to me but uh, i don't have many <laughs> followers on instagram um but so so uh, so there is readily available sort of meat alternatives uh, in in south africa and and throughout um uh, other countries in africa um uh, zimbabwe botswana uh, angola you um, you can find it all the way kenya uh, nigeria etc um, and the likes of the sort of what's known to sort of more folks around the world, and that whether it's impossible and beyond, uh, impossible isn't available here yet. Mm. Um, uh, I'm sure they're probably eyeing it up, but I don't know if, if, if it's going to happen anytime soon, but beyond meat is brought uh, into South Africa by a company called infinite foods. Um, and they bring sort of international brands, um, into, into South Africa. So there is an existing interest and demand for alternative proteins. Um, uh, in South Africa, particularly not obviously a higher end, um, income group. Um, and, um, but you know, in terms of the, what, what, what we're trying to be doing uh, when making meat, um, you know, there isn't, um, there isn't, um, too many other people. There is another company that's also looking at doing wild meat, um, which we know of, um, in South Africa, but in terms of, um, conventional, conventional meat products, um, we're the first ones. But um, there is interest. But uh, just another but. Hmm. I don't know how many people are aware in South Africa of cultivated meat. So that's an exciting sort of job for us to do, to kind of spread that while we um, promoting our own food. Yeah, I'm, because I feel like that's that's going to be a job for, for the industry at large, really, is this sort of hmm. double-handed um responsibility one to create mm. the actual products themselves but then also to educate your average consumer about why cell-based products are something for that they should be embracing mm. and mm. um and and experimenting with yeah and i i like wonder um you know i like to play devil's advocate on this this, this conversation like how, how much do we want to be saying highlighting the fact that this is cell-based and that this is um a brand of a product so like mzanzi or memphis meats or um moza meats or, or whatnot or just because if you, you can imagine when 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 consumers go to the meat aisle or the protein aisle that they, they go to shop for milk meat next yeah they don't shop for i mean some of them do they they, they might go and look for brand but they kind of they kind of just want to buy meat and eggs. And uh, do we want to sort of, as, as as an industry, sort of position ourselves as just meat? And then, yeah. as like um, you know, you've got meat, and then you've got the folks that look for the cultivated or the organic or the free range or the cheapest. Um, and hopefully, we are eventually the cheapest. So um, that's that's where I'm I'm seeing whether or not it's maybe how much education needs to happen. There needs to be some, mm -hmm. but also like it's more like just getting getting it out there at a price point that people can just make it like, there's no decision needed to happen. It's just, you know, it's there. Exactly. And it, it's, it's, um, I think also, you know, consumers make decisions based on more than just, you know, what is it? What is the mm. product? Um, mm. you know, you know, it's not, people don't just think, Oh, I'm going to buy the, the quality 
um, that I can afford, they're mm. also going to look at brand. They're also going to look at, um, you know, location. They're going, mm. they're going to look at environmental credentials and sustainability mm. and packaging and all those things. And as well as mm. seeing if, if the brand resonates and the story and, and everything, it's such a complex mm. Um, mm. thing, marketing um, consumer products. So I feel like uh, the cell-based community have a real opportunity in that respect in that there is such a strong story that can be told industry-wide that um, I, I hope that by the time most products actually reach the market that consumers are salivating and ready to try mm -hmm. and, uh, and get on board. Yeah, I... Um... I'm, I, you know, we're in a position somewhat because it's 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 a nascent industry, nascent industry um, elsewhere, and then here, uh, like we we really do, like we do, we put this out publicly on PR and, and whatnot. We don't think anyone's else doing it in Africa. So like we we're like we we you know there's pioneers in 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 the, in the fields in America, and, it, and then for us it's like you know we are we are the folks that are doing it at the moment, and so we're not. I'm not saying, hey, come and join us, but <laughs> uh, but just uh, you know, it, it is this uh, unique opportunity because um, it, it, people's awareness of it is so low. So it, 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 there's an opportunity to hopefully um, kind of circumnavigate some of the defenses that might have been put up to like the other um, foods. There's a lot. I mean, for I mean, there's perceptions around GMO. There's perceptions around um, a lot of tech foods that. Um, outside of, you, you know, your opinion or not your opinion, one's opinion on that. It's like, you just don't want to go down that route of, of being put into weird tech food that uh, yeah. I don't want to be involved with. But you, and you, so like, how do we do that in, um, in, a, in, a, in a, and particularly in the South African or African context where some of the drivers are slightly different as well. And we're trying to find that out. So, so we are trying to, we are, I mean, we're, we're actively involved with uh, another organization um, that I'm involved with that's looking at these, like, what are these drivers? What are the perceptions of things like plant-based and cultivated um, that might be different, you know, perceptions within someone Cape Town where I live is going to be different to someone in Lagos, um, Nigeria, and something different in rural KZN province in South Africa. So, so now how do we, you know, how do we look at those things? And they're all, they're all looking to demand more meat. Um, but they might have different, you know, push and pull factors going towards something like cultivated meat. Um, and I, again, I think it's an opportunity opposed to like a challenge. Well, it's a challenge and an opportunity. Yes, exactly. Mm. It's both, isn't it? And then, mm. um, obviously, you know, Mam Mamzi, is that right? Mzanzi, Mzanzi. Think it's just think like it's like it's like mm, it's more sensual than my yeah. Brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's you're very proper, and, and, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't tell you what it means. So I think maybe I don't know for for yeah. So that's yeah. Um, so just to to to, to before um, it, it it just means south. Um, it's it's uh, it and so it's a colloquial term for South Africa. Um, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's like you know a nickname, let's say. Um, and it's originally it's uh, Iposa, which I my click isn't so good, so just forgive me. Uh, and, but the way that we spell it is sort of the way that, um, it is in Zulu or Isi Zulu. Hmm. So that's, so it just, um, it just means South. It's, it's, um, South Africa has got 11 official languages. So, um, it's a, it's a word that a, people with English Afrikaans, Isi Zulu, Sutu, Tana, et cetera, would associate. And that's what we were kind of looking for. Um, yeah, cool. we were, lo we were looking for something that was kind of uniquely Africa, South Africa, uh, proudly South Africa, 
um, and then also uh, able to speak across, you know, um, um, a many a very very amount of language barriers. Obviously, it's a, a very new company. So, how did it all come about? Um, yeah, we've, we're not even a year old. I've been interested in cultivated meats um, since. Uh, I, like I want to go record like since like 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 just after Mark Post did his um, you know his first beef burger I was like this is come on this is going to be a game changing yeah. um, uh, thing which is not game changing it's like an overused term in our industry just <laughs> <laughs> for the record um, yeah 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 like I, like everybody watched Netflix and I just remember when it first came out everybody everybody was talking about it which is pretty cool um, and now everyone's talking about Mark Davis's teacher. So I don't know if that's a, it's another, it's another documentary that's just doing the rounds. But um, so, so uh, you know, I, it was an interest of mine. But I'm not a technical guy. I just sort of was just like this cool concept that I like to speak about whenever I spoke um, as an animal advocate. You know, you know that was my um, my day to day job when I was I was program manager of Meat Free Monday South Africa, uh, like while um, working my day job, which was at Fry's. Um, and then, you know, then over the years, just got kept on being interested, kept on being interested in it. And then through, um, uh, you know, through the space, got connected with um, a local uh, gentleman by the name of Jay van der Valt, um, who was far, who is far smarter than me. I put it, uh, put it on, uh, put on record. He's the brains, and um, this is, and we just kept, like we just had, like the more we spoke about it, the, like um, it just more it sounded like a good idea and. Um, my, um, I, as I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneurial person. Um, so I do have another a nonprofit that I've launched, uh, beginning of well, last year called the Greens Institute. And, um, we're a think tank based in South Africa. And we did this original study on cultivated meat perception in South Africa. Mm. Um, and Jay and myself, were involved in it. Um, and afterwards we said, well, let's, you know, come on, let's have a crack at this. And, um, the results you know, were positive and in terms of the opportunity, I think the results I like, I, I, I wouldn't say, I mean, okay, I'll be honest. It was interesting to see the perceptions of what people thought yeah. with no, so like obviously no, you know, no feedback from us. Just yeah. what do you think of cultivated meat? Yeah. And, um, we we just said like this is this is an opportunity because you know people have this perception of it. People got mixed it up with plant based. They didn't quite understand the process and whatnot. Um, and um, and also knowing that like none of them could mention a brand or a name or anyone. So we we're like, well, look, that means some, we've got to do this thing here. Um, so that was that was it. That was kind of the inspiration, or part of the inspiration behind it, the catalyst rather than maybe the inspiration. And and Jay's Jay's been involved in Shook Meats, um, and and um, uh, I think it's Shook Meats. Sorry, I'm getting his background wrong. You can have him on, but he's he, he's he's been involved in in, in society agriculture companies overseas, and, and and then when Ryan Bethencourt got sort of wind of us through um, a great connection at GFI, Nate Crosser. Um, and, um, uh, Ryan isn't it, when, when things, when, when it goes past Ryan, it really like, it's exciting. And, um, and then after he got involved as an, uh, sort of an angel or uh, angel investor, um, yeah, things have sort of obviously moved quite considerably since, since March, which is not a long time ago. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and what a year to be doing it in. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's. It's, it's it's the same. It's the most obvious year to do it, but it's also insane. Um, I think 
everybody has this notion of like, okay, it's COVID year. So it's like everything's sort of up in the air. So you can kind of like ask questions and silly ideas that maybe when you have all, everything in your ducks in a row, you're not going to jump into them. Um, so I think that's, and people are at home. So they, they, they often are working. I think people are maybe either not working at all or working later. Um, and both of those things contribute to like saying, Oh, I don't mind answering another email or two about this crazy project that you've sent my way. <laughs> um, so I think that's played in our favor. And then obviously the note, like this is shared. I, I think, I think we are probably definitely on the same page of like how much this is sort of brought to light on how people's views on food systems are. So, um, I think there's been a somewhat too much knee jerk reaction from folks within this sort of animal and vegan community and, and, and whatnot to say that like, uh, this is it, the showcase is, you know, COVID is proof of everything that's wrong. Um, where there are obviously things that we need to speak about from like what, uh, you know, our treatment of animals has resulted to this, something like this, this pandemic through zoonotic diseases. But, um, but it's definitely highlighted. It's highlighted from the media. There's a lot of focus. There's a lot of interest. There's a lot of people saying like, what are the proposed solutions to it? And we're saying a better controlled environment and where we get protein protein from is, is probably one of them. Um, not to say it's catchable or that it's going to fix everything, yeah. um, but it's definitely um, part of the greater lattice of, of things that need to be resolved and solved. Absolutely. And I think yeah, that sort of, um, coupled with so many of the unfortunate um, natural disasters that have been happening mm. globally in the last 12 mm. months, um, you know, particularly fires, which are just, mm. you know, that awful word, unprecedented, but mm. we haven't mm. ever seen anything like um, mm. the destruction of, of forests that we have in the last 12 months. And I think it's really um and and that it's so uh undiscriminatory in it's in mm. the way that those have happened i think has really helped to drive home how important it is that we all individually take some responsibility for mm. how we behave when we're consuming making consumer choices yeah i i think look the the, the fires particularly uh, you know were, were an interesting example where because it's so visual, mm. um, yeah. I think that kind of really hit home to people. Um, it's I, I, dystopia, isn't it? That you've always yeah. seen as the, mm. the future to be afraid of, mm. the world on fire. And then yeah. you see on the news that the world is on fire. And mm. it, it does strike a, an emotional chord, I think. Yeah, and what I found, I mean, interesting... It, you know, with that, with, with that whole, um, and that was, that seemed like almost simpler times when it, there was just the fires in Australia, you know, there were, okay, it was just, you know, you know, we, but now we have the fires and then we have the uh, pandemic and then we have, um, you know, people always talking about US politics, which I think there should be a moratorium on, like no one's allowed to speak about it anymore. It's, it's, but anyway, um, yeah. the, uh, the point is, is that like, it was, it was very visual. Um, and you know, I think I remember having conversations about like the burning of what would happen, uh, you know, what was happening, um, in, in the Amazon 10 years ago. Um, uh, not to say I'm a, like, an, like I've been doing this for ages, but I've definitely been doing it for the last 10 years and it just didn't hit home. Um, it was just like, whatever it was like, you know, the controlled burnings and whatnot. And I just remember reading that even the fires as bad as they were in Amazon, particularly, or I'm not thinking I'm only talking about Amazon. 
um, that like some, it, it still wasn't the peak of that what we've seen in the last 15, 20 years, which have been directly linked to livestock. It's not, there's no like, um, it, you know, it fields or burns for soy production to feed cows. It's just, that is not a, I don't think that's a controversial statement. Um, some people like were still resistant to this sort of direct causal, causal link, but I think now it's becoming more and more apparent. Um, and why I've always championed, um, been so excited uh, from like with, a, with under the environmental track about looking at your, the diet is that it's it's in your hands. And obviously, you know, you guys with with your um, products, you're mm-hmm. aiming for a very specific type of um, meat, aren't you? Mm-hmm. To, to be the uh, the ape of. Um, so mm. uh, t- can you tell me a little bit more about that? Our immediate focus within the, the, the next, uh, I won't say a timeline because then, I don't know, somebody's listening in and then hold me <laughs> to it. But uh, we, 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 we want to be the first to bring out a, a, a beef burger, cultivated beef burger in South Africa. And that will be our main focus product um, for yeah. now. Yeah. Um, in terms of... You know, now if I could speak unofficially, what we would be looking for, I mean, this is like beef burger. (laughs) And the reasons behind that are are numerous. Like everybody is doing that over, you know, in the US, et cetera, UK. But there is something quintessential still about a beef burger, Hmm. Um, even in like, even in um, um, sort of uh, South African uh, traditional senses, because we're very much a barbecue culture, braai culture, yeah. which is, uh, you might've heard of braai is this word that uh, yeah. is, is, is like, you, you've probably got too many, I mean, you're in the UK, so you've probably unfortunately met too many South Africans, but <laughs> burgers aren't synonymous with braais. Um, You know, it's more chops, uh, burgos, which is cuts uh, sausage, meat, yeah. cuts, cuts whole cuts of meat. So, you know, that's the, that's the, that, that's the, 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 the longer term view where we want to get to, but we need to start somewhere. And with, um, with, with this being able to put it like a minced product together, that's it just, it, it, there's a bit more speed that we can operate with. Well, it's an um, evolution, isn't it? With mm, cell-based mm. technology as well. You can only exactly, do it yeah. as fast as the technology is mm. developing. And I think yeah. parts of meat are really, you know, the Holy grail really mm. of, of cultivated meat is that's, that's the thing that, everybody wants to be able to replace easily. So really yeah. then, if you can do that, there's really no no excuses, is there? Mm. But obviously to get there, it makes sense that it's going to be easier to grow mints mm. than it is a whole piece of steak or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and, and I, you know, I can, I, I like to get back to like sort of some of the other products that we're sort of obviously looking at and also the species, um, but something that I found, I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> but I, I found it quite interesting when I spoke to, um, uh, there were, there were, they used to be involved with GFI and, um, and, um, so I don't think this is, this is public knowledge. I think that they had done, but this is a very sort of, selected group uh, in, in the States that they did workshops and control groups or whatnot. And I'm not a, forgive, I'm a marketer. So if I'm getting this wrong, I apologize. But um, my understanding was that they, um, um, I'm a mar- an, an economist by trade as well. So like it's the two worst combinations of somebody that likes to, you know, create models and, and fit their narrative. But um, th- that whole cut meets from a, the general consumer was actually scored slightly lower than the mince style and, the, and, and a burger and a nugget because it was just, you know, like it was a, yeah, I can, I'm used to like the idea of like a processed meat product, like a burger, but something that you've grown whole and you, you're putting it in front of me, like that's, 
that's a stretch too far. So I found that quite interesting. It's again, like there would be, we need to do more on that to find out if it's, that's like sort of um, the general consensus. But I think that that's something to keep in mind. And then, you know, you come out later with something, but uh, you know, the whole cut is the grail, as you said. Yeah. Um, and, and I think from our perspective, it's, it's, it's also, you know, what is, what is these, or the South African retail market is quite similar, but maybe not as sophisticated as the UK or the US or um, Europe, but um, it's pretty, pretty much up there in terms of our cold chain and, and supply lines. Um, but going into like, you know, chicken is, a, is obviously what is you know, a billion chickens are eaten every year in South Africa. It's like the 13th, I think, per capita in the world. Okay. Wow. Um, chicken is not, avian cells compared to bovine cells are not as easy to sort of cultivate and get to a finished product. Um, but the, the, the growth is the opportunity is there and that's where we need to be looking at. And that's definitely within, within our longer term view. Um, I'm, I'm sort of curious uh, about the um, other conventional products, which would maybe work in particularly like outside of the rest of Africa, um, you know, sheep, lamb, lamb is, is um, there's a lot of, uh, I know I've spoken to um, um, Hakim from Veggie Victory in Nigeria. I don't know if that's yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's you know, he's awesome. But you know, he says like lamb chunks. It's like that's you know that's what's happening. That's what is eaten in Nigeria. Uh, uh, but you've got an informal setup in the market there. You know, the markets there's there's not a lot of there's two hundred million people eating every day, but the number of uh, supermarket formal supermarkets as you and I know are are a handful in, in, in comparison. Um, so that's, that's interesting for what, what one needs to do in terms of those markets. South Africa, um, predominantly, you know, we're 60, 50, 60 million people um, all shopping at what you know as a Tesco uh, for the most part, different levels of income, um, but are predominantly, are, are predominantly going in, into the protein section in the chilled um uh, so that's where we need to be chilled absolutely and i think yeah. it's really easy to you know look at something like a steak and say oh yeah that is the holy grail but mm. you actually then think about the amount of impact that you can have by replacing actually the cheapest mm. um cuts of or cuts of meat or um types of meat that are available yeah actually that's where you can have the most amount of impact yeah. whilst perhaps not having kind of the um, ex- all the glory of the first perfectly grown piece of hunk of flesh, lamb, right? yeah, lamb chops or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and can, I, can I just tack on just a little, just because I'm, I'm, I'm that conversation um, I think needs to be had more in terms of um, impacts. Uh, so from you know people that are, I'm, I'm assuming hopefully will be listening to this that are interested in that. Like I think one thing there is this there is this obvious skew to so focus on chicken and fish. Um, for, for uh, fish off, um, marine life is just the seas are just acutely under tons of pressure, and 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 the number of people like the number of like the VC money that's going into seafood compared to others is, is a fraction, and, and particularly on the plant based space as well. So there's a lot of opportunity there, um, and I think you, you, one one also just can always speak about like when you're having conversations in one on one to say if somebody just stops eating chicken and fish but continues like unfortunately or whatever it is to on their, on the rest of their diet, they're half, you know, they're more than halfway to getting to where maybe you and I are, 
Yeah. Um, from, not to say that I'm, I'm definitely at the pinnacle, like, <laughs> uh, but I, I'm no one wants, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend wanting to be like me, but, um, but I'm saying in terms both, of both of us being vegan. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Thank you. Thanks for qualifying that. <laughs> um, um, but, uh, so, so that, so that's like a, I think that's always needs to be kept in mind from even just individuals having this conversation. Um, and then companies, especially as well. Um, who are looking to be the solution within this. But um, I think there's sort of more like unique, uh, not unique, but just tangible benefits of just saying, you know, look, if oh, someone's like, oh, vegan, I, I can't even imagine. I can never give up X. And you're like, you don't have to give up that. Then don't. Then don't. don't yeah. Just, you know, don't eat, yeah, just don't eat that. If, if, or try this instead of that. Anyway, but that's uh, that's me coming out of the, the animal advocate stuff. Absolutely, but I think that's the thing. And I think there's sometimes also that that idea that um, you need to label and identify yourself as something. So mm. I am a flexitarian or I mm. am a, an omnivore or I am a carnivore or I am, a, you know, whatever. Um, mm. I actually think a lot of those labels do more harm than good because realistically what we need is for everyone to mm. make small incremental changes to their diet over time and reduce the amount of animal products that they're consuming and that is not going to happen overnight no one is expecting it to um, but if everybody's thinking about what they're consuming and like, like you said you know they've got three opportunities a day to have a positive impact on their health on the planet on animals so why, you know, obviously you don't have to make that choice every single time, but every mm. time you do, that's a step in the right direction. And it's mm. not like every time you don't, it's a step back. It's just, it's neutral. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I, it, it's yeah. kind of, uh, I feel like we kind of, um, uh, I think the, the, the label vegan and, and, and sometimes even just labeling things plant-based and different is is sometimes unhelpful because people think oh, i don't identify with that so that's not for me so mm. how are you thinking about um marketing in terms of appealing to the general public when um bringing your beef burger to market yeah and i i think there's i mean there's a lot of interesting research on this and uh, world resources institute did that I don't know if you saw that study where they, you know, where they showed different versions of the same thing. Like it's like calling it, a, I don't know what, I, I won't get the details right, but it was like vegan vegetarian mushroom or vegetarian burger versus vegan versus describing it more burger. So, or garden, I think it was garden burger. I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but, uh, and obviously the, the one that was less identified as vegan or vegetarian scored the best. And I think this, um, somewhat binary uh, viewpoint that Tracy is prevalent all over the world in every single thing, whether it's yep. religion or politics or, or you know diets now, which is is is, is the thing. So it's either you you one or the other. You are with us or you're against us. It's just like yeah. you're part of the problem or you're part of the solution or the other way around. Um, and I, and 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 I think um, particularly you know vegans are guilty, and it's a small subset. And you know I can understand. I know why. <laughs> I mean, there's a tragic thing that's happening right now to animals. And I can understand that. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm personally, I've been conscious of my decisions of why um, we need to move away from this and, and our treatment of animals, but there's also got to be a strategy involved with it and, um, and how we approach it and making it this kind of club that you have to be part of that, you know, says these are the rules and regulations and you've got to get your, 
pamphlets and whatever to, to, to be, to do, to be called vegan or whatever. It's not helpful. And I agree. I think it's got to be looking at away from the individual more into like the broader exactly. way that we get food. And, exactly. and, and then it's, and then the onus isn't on the individual. And then, and then it's up to, it is up to us Mzanzi and Memphis and Fries and Beyond Meat and whoever to make sure that price point is there, taste, convenience. It's all those things that people shop on. Need Picking to- the boxes for food, like that, that's mm. actually what the focus needs to be. It's, mm. it's not even, um, you know, all of those things are, are a given for plant-based and cell-based food. So I feel mm. like, you know, um, when when selling them and presenting them, it makes sense to me to really focus on the the key drivers of mm. consumers buying. Mm. And like you say, yeah. taste, taste, it's got to taste and mm. have a fantastic texture and 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 feel really good and look really appetizing and all of those things um, for people to eat it and want to eat it and mm. enjoy it. Mm. Um, that you know, that's that's where we've got to to deliver um as well as obviously all the other stuff and price of course make it make it something that isn't for you know the the upper echelons because actually mm. the impact again of that is is going to be minimal mm. we need it to be accessible for everybody so i mean when when setting up a company i think one of the important things is is sort of identifying your mission and your values mm. so what are, what are those for for you guys i yeah i th- i first think that is like you know to 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 anybody who's looking to start a business now um and or an organization or whatever um that is so crucial to get on early and it's always that kind of stuff that when you're doing it maybe in the beginning you think this is kind of like marketing fluff or like you know some somebody that did a, yeah, like, yeah exactly we're never gonna we're gonna we see eye to eye we were like we're never gonna disagree you know like we're all for that we're mission driven yeah. um you you want to save animals or you want to save the planet or you want to make money out of light bulbs i don't know um uh what, what could go wrong um so it's so, like uh, crucially understanding how important it is to get this um right um and um, so, so that's so we've had some really long internal conversations. Like first, there's like you can't. You, it is that move fast and break things. You've just got to actually like you. You yes, you want to make sure the logo has got the right angle on the on the zero or like in, I don't know, uh, or whatever it is. Um, and uh, and and you want to ensure that you've got accounting software. If you have accounting software first. Uh, <laughs> that's always a good. That's just good <laughs> advice. But but the, the, this thing is like something that's kicked on kick. The, kick, the cans kick down the, the road quite a bit on this. And then when you actually get down and sit down with somebody and you like, you put down, like we, we're working off, we worked off, a, we've actually just got a doc, like to, to open up the hood. It's like a document. It's just an internal document. that says, this is what we, we think about these certain things. Um, and what happens when this happens? Well, we, okay. And then you're like, Oh no, but I thought you would do that. And it's quite interesting when you kind of then have that conversation and then you're actually like, okay, finalize it. And then it's, it's a lot more clearer. Um, and then you could just, it's just so much more smoother. Um, so all that said and done, like we, I'll, if you don't mind me just being very like, I'll reading, uh, you know, our tagline is making meats in Africa. And that's, you know, so that speaks to the fact that we were making meat and making is that it's not, I don't want like, it's opposed to growing or like anything that's necessarily related too much to 
um, you know, the, the tech side of things. I didn't want that to be too more foody than techy. Yes. Yeah. And, and we also, um, the, the sort of feel, look and feel, um, is, is I want us, it's, it's quite obvious that it's coming across more the craft feel to it. And I think, um, craft beer around the world, but obviously in South Africa as well, started very well by showcasing positioning itself as something new and fresh and, um, different to what you're used to. And, and like people were prepared to spend a little bit more money, um, on that. Um, and now, I mean, we've got craft beers that sort of competes in, in terms of distribution and availability with the big, um, SAB, who's the, I yeah, think they yeah. own everything. <laughs> um, well, they probably own all the craft beers by now, but, but anyway, the point is, is that they're just, they've got it right. And they, and then they move from sort of this craft little cult, uh, following to, um, uh, a brand that everybody knows. Um, and so, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll, uh, but again, our purpose really is, is, is creating healthy, delicious and accessible meats in Africa. So, um, healthy, delicious and accessible, like the three key words, obviously in that sentence. And, and all those were spoken about at length for hours <laughs> and, and argued about. And, and, and yeah. yeah. You've got yeah. to go through that process to really, mm you mm. feel like you're nailing it so yeah, yeah. complete agreement and i think that's yeah like you said mm. crucial. And yeah, kind so. of what's the future vision what's you know what's the kind of 10 years yeah. you know what yeah. where do you want to be so so what i'm you know so like, like at first that right now as you said like right now healthy from us it's we want to be first to market and it needs to be healthy accessible um and and delicious like as we've kept on saying it has to be it can't be um, a bit funny because people eat like the same as like um, plant-based sausages were 15 years ago, um, uh, 10 years ago. Somebody, somebody, people still like will speak to me and say like, yeah, I had a sausage uh, at a braai in 1994 and it was burnt and that was it. You know, and I like, I never ate a vegan meal again. Um, so you just, you just want to avoid that. So that's why delicious is important. But, um, uh, our, our long-term vision is to, to really make a positive impact on food systems, um, through innovation in Africa. So it, it, it's, it's, um, uh, impact on the food system in Africa. It's like the three key terms within, within that, um, long-term vision and, and really to be the largest cultivated meat company. Uh, in Africa. So you mentioned that uh, you had some advice for companies starting. I mean, is there any advice that you wish you'd been given before embarking on this journey so far? <laughs> so much. Um, <laughs> but also, I know that even if it was given to me, uh, given to us, you just, you can't, there's some things that you actually just have to go through. Mm. Um, I, 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 and I think, um, I think uh, there's, an, there's, a, there's an Afrikaans term called fussbait. Um, and that's basically the only thing that it just means hold on, just like, you know, just go, like keep, keep, keep trucking or just don't, don't give up. It's all those, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Dig it, dig in deep, dig in deep. Um, and, um, hold fast, just, yeah. And, um, Afrikaans is, I'm, 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 as you can see from my beard, I'm as English as they come, but, um, but, but South African, um, I am. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's the only thing that I probably needed to hear then and have, and needed to hear six weeks ago or six months ago, whatever it is. It's like you, it's just, it's like, it's a wild ride and, um, it goes like, you know, there's just peaks and troughs constantly. The, the, the turnaround time 
the volatility is unreal compared to anybody who's coming from a day job uh, who's got a like corporate gig and then decide to start a company. Um, it's, 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 it's amazing how different it is. Um, and um, be, be prepared to just get involved in things that like on the one hand is just way beneath you and then way out of your depth. Like that's the, I think that's the kind of stuff that you don't realize. Like you'll be, I don't know what's a good, like, you know, processing your own receipts that like, you know, stuff. And, and, and then the next time trying to like speak to Bill Gates and you're just like, how, how are these, how are these in the same Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> Have you done that? Uh, to Bill Gates? No, 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 no. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I said try to speak to Bill Gates. <laughs> you know, I mean, aim, mm. aim high and maybe mm. he'll listen to this and get in touch yeah. and who yeah. knows, right? Um, and f- I guess there, I suspect there will be people listening who would mm. be thinking about setting up their own cell-based startup. Mm. Um, mm. So what do you think are the kind of three attributes that you need in order to do that successfully? Firstly, don't don't come to South Africa just yet. Let us let us get a bit more successful. <laughs> no, um, it's very difficult. Um, just for the record, <laughs> any prospective competi- uh, competitors in, in in our region, it is it is just unbelievable. Um, like a lot of more. Challenges? Um, you know, like it's in, in, in within our context because the, the understanding of what we're trying to do is so low. Um, you know, there's not also there's not a lot of VC funds available to sell. There's no, I mean, like I mean, I, I actually I'm quite keen to go on record to say this that VC funds in South Africa are not VC; they're private equity. Wow. Um, like, they call themselves VC, and, uh, and and then they're like, okay, cool, like give me everything. You're like, wait a second, or like like in, like I want to. Pss- everything right and, and where you're like, what do you do for payroll and who's your accounting service provider? And like, well, give me brick and mortar. And like, I don't think you realize um, what VCs is, is um, which is fine. It's understandable. Um, so you kind of then, you know, focusing on funding coming from overseas and then they Americans and, 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 and the UK and Europe, very excited for this all buying into um, uh, intercellular agriculture. Yeah, but um, for a lot of new folks, particularly in us emerging markets where there's no one else doing it, it we get compared to like Memphis meets, even though we should never. <laughs> with anything, you know, they are ten years in, into the thing with big paycheck, uh, like uh, checks being cut for them. So I think that's kind of a difficulty um, for the folks that want to made. Yeah, expectations and assumptions, comparisons that are are correct maybe in a developed market, but not in an emerging market. Um, so that's, our, that's been a, just a struggle, but like, you know, we have been successful in raising um, investments. So we are, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's not, um, you know, we're not, I'm not in the Bill Gates territory, uh, but we, you know, we're, we're, we're happy with what we're getting so far. Um, so I think that's like a difficulty, particularly within um, developing regions, um, is, is raising the capital. It's like you put yourself in this. People are, people want to get in, like uh, people want to invest outside of like Europe, UK, and the US. But then there's just there's different expectations and different, and then also difficulties in terms of like red tape and bureaucracy and whatever. So those are the kind of things that like we definitely will struggle with if anyone is listening. Um, massive. Uh, the biggest thing is is the right 
science talent. Um, you've just got to have that. You know, we're we're getting to a stage where we're a lot. You know, we're very happy with where we're at with that. But it's still like you can always have you can you can have more. You can have unique uh, folks that have got experience in this space and in, in different expertise that you can bring across. Um, but it's 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 difficult trying to bring, as I suppose we spoke about earlier, um, folks from uh, as everybody is discovering from other parts of the uh, other industries, big farming, um, into um, this this unique biotech that we're at. So that would be, I mean, essentially funding science and then, um, um, yeah, I think I think then. I don't think the issue is going to be like consumer acceptance, to be honest. That's, I think is, I know, um, is it Pat Brown from impossible said yeah. that um, he said like impossible, he said, Celtex like cell ag is never going to come, is never going to work. Um, and I would never like, I, I, I love impossible burgers and I love plant-based foods, but I, I think that cell agriculture has to, because I think that cultural meat is meat, something that I want. I'm never going to get it from, soy isolate uh, or pea protein. Um, this, is, this is a cultural thing that people won't get over. Um, so I think that's I think that's where cellular agriculture is able to do. It's got the opportunity to, to rectify. Well, I think, I think so. like we touched on earlier, I think the demographics playing a part there too, in that I think young people mm. are far more, I mean, so far the statistics have shown that young people are far more um, interested and up for experimenting with mm. new food in general, um, mm. but particularly cell-based food, then I think something like 75% of them said that they would try it. Whereas mm. um, the and you know, over over 50 plus mm. um, were, you know, really quite um, afraid, but uh, sorry, that was plant-based meat, not, not something. Mm. Um, because I think those, those, and, and you know those statistics have been played out now in in real life, and we can mm. see that people are definitely getting more experimental with with their diets and and what they're choosing to buy. Um, but I so do you, do you know do you, just just before uh, do you know why Pat Brown? What I mean, I remember reading the article, but do you know what his um, pushback was? He was just it's not going to be. I, didn't, I know the quote was it's not going to be a thing. But like, do you remember? Yeah, I think um, I think he thinks it's not going to be a thing because I think he's. Um, I mean, honestly, I think he's probably protecting his market because <laughs> if he's seen the the forecasts mm. for cell based meat, um, obviously plant based meat is currently enjoying an, an enormous growth curve, which at some point, probably around the time um, that cell-based meat becomes available will start to plateau mm. but i think whether cell-based meat becomes available or not actually those sales will plateau because there will be people who will just flat out reject plant-based meat and even no matter how good they get it because mm. they know that it's not meat and that's why i think cell-based is so important because those people if they're 50 now they're going to be around for another 40 years we mm. can't afford to have them continue to eat meat at the rate that we are now and teach the generation underneath them to do the same and and so on um so i mean obviously things are now um i feel like they're ramping up and one of the mm. things in, uh, in the industry is that you know everybody seems very open and and willing to share their discoveries. And so what's been your experience of that? I think, you know, firstly, I do, I do know the guys, but as soon as they get a big, the bigger checks, they just, they can't, they just, that's it, they're done. They're like, let's close up shop and then, you know, move on. And, and, and it, you know, it's it's sort of business as usual in terms of uh, of that. Uh, there's not a lot of 
Elon Musk's opening all the patents up to the competitors, competitors from from what I've seen. Uh, in terms of in terms of the availability for the information, like um, Jay Van der Waals, who's, who's my co-founder, is and more sp- able to speak to this. I think I think there's a lot of information available for one to get going. But then there's just these like these sort of check marks along the way that are, you know, that's where it's a bit shrouded in secrecy. Um, so I think that's where, you know, the new people would start, would struggle to, to, to get going with. Um, uh, the, the other, the, but the, what I've been blown away is, is, is the is Good Food Institute is just like, it's, there's too much information from them available and assistance. And like, I, you know, they have, if you, you could probably, maybe this would be my advice to somebody starting something. You could have someone on your team almost just dedicated to getting through GFI info um, and making sure that you guys are at the, your companies at the same level um, with what they're giving out. Um, so I think, you know, they're not giving out the secret, the, the, the recipe to Coca-Cola, but they, they, um, they're definitely making it available so that you don't, you have less excuses that I think other startups would have. You're not going to get this kind of support for a for-profit company in, you know, I don't think in the energy field, I don't think anywhere else. I think that like, I think that's, that's a key thing. Um, and I think that kind of speaks a bit more to the tech side and they they've got people there available and there's just so many people willing to help on an advisory role that um, it's, it's, it is, it is good. It, it, it is easier, but then in terms of the actual tech itself, I see, you know, there's, there's aspects that will, it'll be quick to be intellectual property that, um, bigger players will want no one to know. And um, I'll be saddened if it gets to the way where we only have like 11 uh, or like kind of five producers or something. Mm. Um, but I think we'll definitely be in this position like beer. I'll see what it will be like beer. Uh, it'll be, yeah. there'll be a couple of really big producers, but everybody, everybody would have the option if they wanted to. I think I hope that we have that same trajectory and, got to be bullish because that would, I think would be a, uh, when you've got markets like we have in, in Africa and bigger distances and just physical like uh, mountains and rivers that are the Zambezi between, you know, we don't have the transport network here um, outside of South Africa to get goods and services across. So we need other um, decentralized solutions and, and, and cultivated meat does have that availability to, to be the solution there. That was my meeting with uh, the lovely Brett Thompson from Zanzi Meats. I see, I can say it now. Uh, and uh, Credence Institute, his not for profit. Um, sounds really interesting too. I'll put the link for both in the show notes so you can go and check them out online yourself, along with Brett's LinkedIn profile. So, in this episode, we talked about all sorts um, of things, including a world without animal cruelty and what that might look like. One of the really exciting things about Mzanzi, which is that it's focusing on the impact, maximizing the impact that it can have uh, in Africa by replacing the cheapest forms of meat that are available and making them more sustainable, which I applaud wholeheartedly. 
Um, and I think that's an excellent strategy for um, enticing people to make the change. Please let us know what you thought by rating this podcast on your chosen podcast platform um, and by subscribing so we can keep bringing you these brilliant people who are founding these incredible companies and um, look forward to seeing you at our event on the 20th. If you haven't got a ticket yet, there's click in the show notes. There's a link there too. And and if you're listening after that event, then you can still access the video content by uh, signing up. So hopefully you'll uh, you'll all be able to enjoy that wonderful 11-hour event. There's going to be something for everyone, and like with all Ket events, expect the unexpected. So look forward, looking forward to it, and we will see you there.